Go to Luke 2. Now, this is our last service during our Christmas messages. So if you have been with us, we, we had a message about two weeks ago, and then last week, and then this week, and then one more Sunday before January 1st. But in each of our Christmas messages, we've asked the same question, and that is, have you ever truly celebrated Christmas? Have you celebrated holidays with the world? And that's, that's traditions first, and some very sweet, amazing rememberable traditions, but Jesus is not king there, so it's kind of a happy holiday season. And we said, have you ever really celebrated Christmas? And that really depends, right? So that first week, we said it depends on what? What is the primary message in your home? Is the primary message tree and gifts and characters and tradition, or is the primary message Jesus? The winter solstice, and we talked about how the Christmas was created by the church to oppose the world for Christians. And we, we said this week one, and it's always good for you to remember, Christmas is for Christians. Christmas is not for the lost. It was created by the church, for the church, for believers to glorify the name of Christ. That is why Christmas originated so it depends, what is the primary message? So I had so many of you reach out to me and I love the conversations we have had this month. I've had so many of them. I say, Hunter, I've been to church my whole life. I know the Bible. I love Eastview. I spent most of my life celebrating holidays. A lot of you guys admitted that. So we asked the question, have you really ever celebrated Christmas? Well, it depends. Last week, the story of the wise men well, it depends on what? Who receives your gold? Who receives your first? Who receives your best? So we made that statement at the end of yet last week's message of on Christmas morning, we are going to run, we're going to sprint, push down brothers and sisters to the tree. And for some of us, it is going to be a sweet time of rememberable traditions that God has blessed you in. And for some of you, it's going to be the evidence of your sin. It depends on what is primary, what is first. Is that what you have done with your silver and your bronze? Or is what lays under that tree, is that your gold? And if that is your gold, then you have not celebrated Christmas. So have you ever celebrated this wonderful season that we call Christmas? And what we said every single week, well, it depends. And this week, if you're a note taker, it depends on if you are satisfied on December 26th. The day after Christmas, are you satisfied? Are you content? Are you just as joyful? Look at Luke 2. Kids, listen to me. Have those Bibles open. This is the scripture that me and my family read before anything is eaten, before any coffee is drunk, drinking, or any kind of present is open. This is the scripture that we read as a Jones family before gifts. Look at Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, and all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem 
And because he was out of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, he was with the child. And so it was while they were still there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, hang with me. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, Christmas morning, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings in which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things in which they were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen as it was told to them. Zach, come on up, brother. Zach here is going to bless us and, and pray for our time together. So let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for letting us be here this morning. Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. I ask you to please let us use what uh, you give Brother Hunter this morning. I ask you to just please be with us through this, through this Christmas season and let us um, always remember you. I ask you to please be with the ones that are, uh, are sick and have lost loved ones. And I ask you to please just forgive us for all we pray you and just never pray. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I love young Zachary there. I see a lot of good things in him. Blessed to see some of these young, young men and women grow up in our church. Go ahead, just while I have you, so you don't have to flip so much. It's going to take us a second, but go to Isaiah 7. Go to Isaiah 7. We're going to be back in Luke, and we're going to be a little all over the place, but we're not in a rush, so I want you to see some of this. Go to Isaiah 7. Go to Isaiah 7. You know, one of the worst parts, I was talking to Liam, or Liam brought this to my attention a week or two ago. And I remember when he said this to me, I thought, oh man, I remember being there. One of the worst parts of the holidays, one of the worst part of the holidays is when they end. And I know that some of you guys are getting older and I've talked to you and you're like, I can't wait for them to end and you become kind of a Grinch in ways. But do you remember being young though? Like, do you remember being young and just like all of that anticipation and just all of that excitement? Do you remember that? Do you remember the build up with Christmas? I remember being so excited, like I couldn't sleep. Any of you guys remember those moments? Some of you guys have facial hair and y'all just, yeah, 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 I'm 40 years old. I still can't sleep, right? 
Like, my children right now are even to the point where they'll be like, hey, Dad, you know, it was like months ago, it was before Halloween, like, okay, 94 more days, right? You're like, yeah, 94. There's no calendar for up into the hundreds, you know, kids, but yeah, 94. I remember all the buildup, all the excitement, all the anticipation, even as a kid, like, I remember being more excited on Christmas Eve than I was Christmas. Do you remember that? Like, Christmas was great, but Christmas Eve, that had a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation to it. I enjoyed that day more than Christmas. Do you guys ever remember being sad on Christmas night? Like, after all of the stuff that you've waited for, now you're holding it. But somebody in your home this year will make the comment, 365 more days. Right? Alex and my son. Right? 365 more days. Like this in the moment that you're holding all your stuff, it's not all even out of the bags. I cannot wait till December 25th, 2022. Remember being even sad on that day? And it's not because you didn't get what you wanted, because for all of us, there will be something that you get from somebody that you probably like. And so on Christmas night, you're going to be sitting there with your toys and your games and your candy and your movie and your video game. You're going to be sitting there with what you counted down to, a little let down. 365 more days. And why will we be sad? Not because we didn't get what we wanted. We're going to be sad because it's over. You ever been there? Do you remember those moments? I was more excited on Christmas Eve when I had nothing than Christmas Day when I had everything. You know, Christmas in general, even in its essence, in its roots, even biblically, has always been about gifts. Biblically, from the holiday world in which we've done with it, with the toys and trinkets, and even scripture-wise, Christmas has always been about the excitement and anticipation of gifts. One could say that the whole Old Testament is Christmas Eve. You could say 39 books of I cannot wait till tomorrow morning. Christmas has always been about anticipation. It's always been about excitement, about what's coming to us. There's a ton, I told you to flip to Isaiah. There's a ton, and and Brent read as he started us in the Old Testament that really foreshadows, that speaks about the gift that is coming that everyone waited for. We've read this at our church a lot, but I think we need to read it every year. But for you guys that don't know, here's an aha moment. Look at Isaiah 7. Isaiah 7 in verses 13 through 16, it says this. This is Christmas Eve, guys. Then he said, hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to be weary of men, but you will be weary, my God, also. Highlight 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey shall he eat. He may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall even know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. 
Now, Isaiah 7, what's really interesting to me is that, is we see this prophecy of the Gospels, Matthew. We see literally Christmas getting a, a date stamp on it. But do you know that Isaiah 7 was approximately written 700 years before the birth of Christ? 700 years we identify that the gift that we so anticipate is going to come from a virgin. And his name will be Emmanuel. For 700 years, people waited with anticipation for an unknown date. Hosea 11.1 says, When Israel was just a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Go to Matthew 2. This is where we flip a little, so hang with me. Kids, go to Matthew 2. I want you to see this. Hosea 11.1, when Israel was just a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Look at Matthew 2. Matthew 2, verse 13. <clears throat> it says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying... Arise, now take this young child and his mother and flee to where? Egypt. And stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he rose and he took the young child and his mother by night, and they departed for Egypt. That's right. And when there was the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Most people believe that Hosea was written even further back than Isaiah, approximately 800 years before Christ. 800 years. Now, we have the virgin lined up, and we have the destination lined up, and then last time I have you flip for a minute, Go to Micah 5. Very close to where you are. Just rewind a little. It's important that you see the words of this, okay? Go to Micah 5 with me. <clears throat> Micah 5. It's a beautiful sound here in the Bible, flip pages. It's a sign of a strong church. Micah 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, but you, Bethlehem, through all you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, who's going forth and from old, from everlasting to everlasting also, people look at Micah as 800 years, 750 to 800 years before the birth of Christ. People of the Old Testament, their Christmas Eve, they waited thousands and thousands and thousands of days for Christmas morning. People of the Old Testament, they knew the prophecy, they knew the promise, they knew the gift that was coming. You think about anticipation over video games and candy and clothes. The people of the Old Testament waited generations for Christmas morning. Can you imagine when the word got out? I thought about that. Can you imagine when the word got out? There was no social media. There was no news. There was no cell phones. There was no newspaper. It was word of mouth. But what we saw in the wise men and others, the word did get out. 
But can you imagine knowing the prophecy? Your great-grandfather told your grandfather, told your father, told you. Like, you knew the story. You knew the virgin. You knew Bethlehem. You knew the Messiah. And can you imagine hearing from the grapevine that it was happening? Can you imagine the first person that said, hey, get this. She's a virgin. Can you imagine that? Tell me where they came from. If you say Bethlehem, if you tell me, they're coming from Bethlehem. What's his name? What's his name? His name's Emmanuel. Christmas Eve. This is literally, I cannot wait to see this child thousands of years in the making. Thousands of years in the making. I cannot wait to hold this gift. Have you ever been let down by the buildup of something? Anyone ever come up to you and said, hey, 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 you have to see this movie. And you're like, it's already not going to be as good as you just said. I'll, sometimes I stop somebody. That your steak, that restaurant is not going to change my life. I've had steak before. I've eaten shrimp. I've eaten lobster. I'm sure it's good. But you're speaking in a way that I'm going to quit my job and live there. It's not going to be that good. Have you ever been let down by something? This was the greatest book I've ever read. It was okay. The movie was better. You ever been let down? I wonder how the wise men felt walking into that house. Remember last week, it said it was the house. They're out of the manger. Thousands of years. They've heard story after story after story after story. Everybody wanted to know, like, was I going to be alive to see it? There wasn't a day they didn't know. And now you're alive. You get to see it. You get to experience Christmas. Your grandfather didn't. Your great-grandfather didn't. You're alive. You get to see it. The Messiah has come thousands of years in the making. I wonder how the wise men felt walking into that house. That was their tree. That was them running to the den. I want you to think about this for a minute. We celebrate Christmas every 365 days. I wonder what it would feel like if it was every 10 years. If it was every 10 years, that's all you knew, so it wasn't weird. Christmas wasn't a yearly thing. Every 10 years, you got to celebrate Christmas. Or let's say it wasn't every 10, it was 20. Or it wasn't 20, it was every lifetime. Travis and, and Robin and their sweet, sweet family, once in a lifetime, they got to experience Christmas. I wonder what that would feel like. You think it'd be a little bit more special? I wonder how Christmas would feel if you didn't know you got to celebrate it or not. Like you didn't know, you were told last minute, get the tree up and ready. I wonder how that would feel. Like how could any gift live up to that hype? How could any gift live up to that hype? Thousands of years of anticipation. We're not talking 365. We're talking thousands of days. How could any gift live up to that? And what did it say the wise men did? When they walked into that home, what did they do? They worshiped. What did the shepherds do? They marveled. The people were completely satisfied. Has anyone... 
anyone ever received anything wrapped in a box under a tree that ever lived up to the hype? Anyone? Now listen to me. I'm not trying to diminish what you're going to receive. I've received some really pretty cool gifts. If you want to get me a gift, I would love for you to do that. But have any of your lives been changed by them? Have any of you guys ever Christmas night or the day after Christmas said, hey, listen, if I never have another Christmas, I'm good. Any of you? My life will be forever changed by this Game Boy when I was 11, right? Future garage sale items. Has anything ever lived up to the hype? Look at Luke 2. Luke 2. I need you to see this. Don't give up on me flipping, okay? I want you to see this one. Has anything ever lived up to the hype? It's a wonderful story about a man named Simeon. I want you to see this. Get your highlighters out, please. This is a story that when it comes to Christmas, it it doesn't really get a lot of press, so you might not know about it, but I want you to see it. Jesus is still very, very, very young. Still a child, most believe infant, but I want you to see. Look at chapter 2, verses 25. This is Christmas Day for this man, okay? And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Highlight 26 with me. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Jesus, through God, said, you will experience Christmas morning. Look at verses 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in child Jesus to do for him according to customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, highlight 29, please. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation for which you have prepared before the faith of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. All the stories and all the prayers and all the waiting, Moses and Abraham and Daniel, the prophecies, the pain, the hurting, the persecution, all of the anticipation. Do you know what 29 says? You know what that means? Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Do you know what that means? That means I can die now. That's what it means. There is no more 365 more days until next year. He says, thank you, Lord. This gift was so satisfying and so great. I can die now. I read that and I read that and I read. Have any of you ever sat on Christmas morning and looked at your parents and said, wipe the tears from your eyes and said, man, if God chooses to take me today, I'm good with it. Any of you? Have any of you ever been so satisfied? There is nothing else 
I need, have you ever held such a gift? You know, Big Business Magazine said for the last 12 years, for the last 12 years, the biggest shopping day of the year, do you know what day it is? The day in this country, for the last 12 years consecutively, do you know what day of the year the most money is spent? It's the day after Christmas. It's December 26th. So on Christmas morning, there will be millions, maybe billions, I don't know, millions of gifts wrapped and given out to everyone around us. And how does the world respond? With the biggest shopping day of the year. Why? Because it wasn't enough. I wasn't satisfied. We got to keep it going. Like I've waited and I've pulled out every calendar and I've prayed and it's just, it's 365 more days. It's 100 more days. It's 60 more days. It's eight more days. It's three more days. It's one more day. And you have all your stuff. And what do you say? Mom, I got to go buy more. You just didn't do it. I'm not satisfied. The anticipation was greater than the gift. You walked into the house and you held Jesus and said, man, this is not enough. Have you ever held such a gift where you said, man, I'm done? I'm done. I don't have to have this holiday ever again. You can take my life. I am satisfied. Have you ever, have you ever been more satisfied with the gift in the anticipation of what you're going to get? Have you ever celebrated Christmas? And it depends. What is your primary message? Who receives your gold? And are you satisfied afterwards? Are you satisfied afterwards? We've ended every, every message during this Christmas season with just a simple, practical discipline that you can apply to your life. And the first one was ensure in the midst of all of your traditions, ensure that the gospel is primary that you speak to your kids about the birth of Jesus, about him being a gift, that all of this is fun, that you can enjoy, that this is God's blessings on you. But at the end of the day, this is about the birth of Christ. Christmas is for Christians. Make sure the message to those around you are Jesus. That was number one. Number two, give. Give, give, give. Do not let Christmas be the evidence of your sin. And then the last one is, seek joy daily. The gift of Jesus is the only gift that satisfies. The gift of Jesus is the only gift that satisfies. All other gifts will leave you thirsty. Even if you like them, even if they're fun, they will always leave you wanting for more. Always. When my boys were growing up and we would give them something, that their mind and their heart would always go to, you know what would go so well with this? I mean, it's not fun if you have Batman and you don't have the Joker. I need to go get something else. How's he supposed to drive around? Like, I need the Batmobile. It's never ending, right? 
There's always something else to get, always something else that leaves you unsatisfied. Even happiness without Christ leaves you disappointed. But when we seek joy, the gift of Christ, it floods our life and allows life. It allows joy. As we close this Christmas season, this is not a Christmas message, but it all ties in together. I know I've had you flip a lot, but I want you to see this. Go to John 4. The last time I have you flip, I want you to hear my words. Kiddos, go to John 4. Go to John 4. I'll give you a second because I want you to see this one. Go to John 4. Look at verses 1, please. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had been baptized and disciples uh, baptized more disciples than John, though himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed from Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sinchar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from all of his journey, sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour of the day. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. And the woman from Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samarian woman? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, highlight 10 for me, please. If you knew the gift of God and who it, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I'm going to read that again. I don't care how old you are, if you know this by heart or not. Highlight 10. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water you speak of? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks, highlight, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water springing up to ever life. 15. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst nor ever come here to draw again. So I read this story about the gift of God. And God calls us, as we said last week, Every single day of the year, there is no calendar, there is no countdown, there is no anticipation of how many more days. God offers the gift of salvation, the only gift that leaves us satisfied and our thirst quenched every single day of the year. And so as we walk into salvation, as we walk into Christmas, that is the gift that I am pleading with you to see as the one that is most important. I speak to a lot of our young ones often. 
And in that, I'll ask this question of, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to what you've received, when it comes to what's most important to you, have you thought about Jesus? Have you thought about salvation? And, and sometimes I'll get young ones go, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I've always thought to myself, what does that mean? I've thought about it. Jesus stands in front of you today and says, what you are walking into is all hollow is all empty, will leave you unsatisfied, will leave you thirsty. There is only one thing that would allow you to be in the space to say, God, you can take me now. I can die today. I am full. I am thirsty. I am satisfied. And that is Jesus. Have you put your faith, have you put your trust in him? He is the only allowance of enjoying life. So like I said, I don't care if you are five years old or you are 105. Have you opened the gift of salvation? Have you fallen on trusting your Savior? And in that, seek joy daily. Seek joy daily because everything else will leave you thirsty. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for today. Lord, if anyone hears this message today, Lord, I pray that you step forward in their life and you save them. Christmas is a beautiful time. Lord, I pray that for the next just minute of prayer, everybody removes distractions and they hang on my words. Christmas is a beautiful time. A beautiful time of family and, and giving and, and and fellowship and breaking bread and tradition, those are fun times. But without Christ, they will leave us wanting more. Everything of this world, even happy things, will leave us wanting more. Relationships, holidays, money, careers, athletic, everything is hollow. Lord, let us Fall on our faith, our trust in you. Seeing that Christmas is Easter, the birth is his death. There's a reason that the wise men saw him as king, saw him as God, but saw him come to die. They were excited, not for this young child's life, but for his death, salvation. Simeon said, I see salvation. Lord, if someone in this room is not saved, they have not put their trust and faith in you. Lord, save them today. Let us be people who stop thinking. Stop thinking. Stop being worldly and counting down days, but run to this altar. Lord, save me. I, I desire you. I don't seek hell. I don't seek wrath. I seek salvation. That is Christmas. That is Christmas. Save the lost, save the lost, save the lost. And for us that are saved, praise Jesus for salvation. Everything else is silver. Everything else is secondary. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. In your precious name, the church says in harmony, amen.